You're listening to the Grace Church Podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to bringing you biblical guidance to life's most important issues. We want to thank you for joining us for this week's message. We pray you find strength and encouragement as we learn from God's truth together. For more information, go to visitgracechurch.com. Hey, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. We are honored that you're joining us this Christmas season. We really hope you sense how much our church loves you, I love you. Most importantly, God loves you. And so I want to encourage the kids, kids out there, if you track down, if you have a hard copy of our Adventure Christmas 2020 book, this has some coloring areas and activities you can follow along in the message. If you'd like an electronic copy, your family can go to visitgracechurch.com slash Christmas. Get this very same activity book. So get that ready. Okay, so I thought I'd start this year with a little bit of a Christmas song trivia. I'm going to give you uh, a year and then a country and how Grace Church interacts with that song. And then you can guess what is that Christmas song. So let's go back 300 years ago, back to 1719 in England. We sing this Christmas song, I believe, almost every Christmas. What is that Christmas song? Well, it's this song. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Joy to the world. That's right. We sing this almost every Christmas. Thanks, kids. Okay, here's the second song. Let's go forward 100 years. Let's go back to 1818, now to the country of Austria. And we sing this song every single Christmas. What is that song we sing every single Christmas? Well, it's this song. That is awesome. Yes, Silent Night. We sing that every single Christmas. Okay, let's go back up to what does the United States put into the world of Christmas songs? Here's our entry. Let's go up to 1979. What is this Christmas song? I, I'm not sure if we've sung this. What is that Christmas song written in 1979? We should sing it. It's this song. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. It's a very tragic Christmas. Walking home from our house on Christmas Eve. Yes, Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Santa should watch where he's going. Okay, so we're going to go back to the very first Christmas song ever sung right after the actual Christmas story, 4 BC, back to the city of Bethlehem. This is actually the shortest of any of the Christmas songs ever written. This song was actually not sung by people. It was sung by angels to people. And here's the very first Christmas song after Christmas. Luke 2, verse 13 to 14. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Yeah, there were some shepherds in the field that the very first Christmas song ever sung was by angels to the shepherds announcing the birth of Jesus Christ. And their song has two parts to it, two lines, two parts. Something you and I can praise God about heaven because Jesus came. And then something you and I can praise God that happened on earth because Jesus came. We're going to talk about this Christmas song in two parts this week. Let's pray and ask God to speak to all of us. So let's pray. Lord, we do pray right now that it's Christmas. 
that you'd be honored and glorified. Now help us to look here at Luke chapter two, the very first Christmas song ever sung. Angels singing glory to you because you had come, God was born in this world. God, I pray for those people who are not believers of Jesus. They're not followers yet. And they're here gathering, considering the miracle of Christmas. God, move in their lives to help them surrender their life to you this Christmas. For those who are followers of Jesus, may we be inspired to view Christmas the way you view Christmas. We ask you to be glorified. We worship you and thank you for the miracle of God in human form, the miracle of Christmas in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, I'm going to read the Christmas story here leading up to the very first Christmas song, starting in Luke 2, verse 7. Luke 2, verse 7. Kids, by the way, you want to turn to page 5? Get ready. Page 5 is where we find the kind of Christmas story in your activity book, your coloring book. So we'll start in Luke 2, verse 7. This is the Christmas verse, the one that traditionally people think about in the manger. Here it is. Luke 2, verse 7 says, She gave birth to her firstborn son, She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. I mean, I'm reminded of the whole manger scene, the incredible scene of Mary, the stepfather, Joseph, the animals. But every time I read the original Christmas verse, I'm always struck by how there was no room. Like the God of the universe born in this world, there was no room for him. And I, I'm always reminded of how many of us, I wonder how many people you know, go through life and there's not really room for Jesus in their life. Maybe this Christmas, God be moving your life to create some space where God, Jesus, is at the center of your world. Christmas story continues with the shepherds, starting in, in verse eight through 10, says this, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. And then verse 11, if you're part of Grace Kids, you recognize this is this month's memory verse for our Grace Kids ministry. Verse 11, the Savior... Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Then in verse 12, the shepherds hear the message, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger, a feeding trough for animals. And then you see our verse, the verse, there's two verses, the, very, the, the first Christmas song ever sung after Christmas. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Okay, we're going to walk through through the, that story, that, that song, there's two parts. But i got to pause there and just talk about angels for a moment. Verse 13. And kids, by the way, on page five of your activity book right now, you can actually draw what you think an angel looks like on page five. Okay, so let's talk for a second. What are angels? What are not angels? What exactly do angels do? So what are angels? Angels are almost always invisible. 
The Bible's true. They're around us almost all the time. They are strong, immensely strong. Um, and they are God. What do they do? They are God's servants. If you read Hebrews chapter one and two, they're sent forth to serve God, to minister to those who are followers of his. And they praise him. They praise him when people give their life to Christ. They praise God for who he is. They serve God and they praise him. And in the Bible, God doesn't tell us much more than that. You wonder, why does God tell us so little about angels? Well, Colossians 2 says, if God told us more about angels or we saw more about or knew more about them, we'd likely worship them because they're so strong. They're so amazing. They're so powerful. And God says, I don't want you to worship angels. The only one who receives worship is me. So thankfully, though God uses them and they're quite often all around us, he says, don't worry about them. Focus on me. I'll tell you what not, what are not angels? Angels are not people. Like we don't become angels. When you die, you don't become an angel. You don't get angels' wings. Angels are invisible spiritual beings. God created to serve him and to serve us and to praise him. Okay, and their song, let's talk about their song. Their song really has two parts. And this is, by the way, for those of you who are Bible students, uh, in, 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 in the West, in English, we use rhyme and meter to do our poetry. You know, roses are red, violets are blue, something, 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 you too. Like we, we do that uh, in our poetry, not the Hebrews. The Jewish people use parallel statements. Hebrew parallelism, they make statements. And you're gonna see here two statements in parallel statements Something about God, something about people. Something about heaven, something about earth. And so let's unpack verse 14, the two halves of this Christmas song. And kids, you can join me on page now six and seven. You're gonna see the point. You see the activity. Page six and seven, your books now. So I wanna look at the start of verse verse 14. What was the first phrase that the angels sung? Well, they sang this. Glory to God in highest heaven. Something about God, something about heaven, glory to God in highest heaven. What were the angels singing the very first words out of their mouth? Well, this is point one, point one. When Jesus was born, God was glorified. When Jesus was born, the angels wanted the world to know God himself was glorified. Now, the word glory is a weird word. Glory, what does it mean for God to be glorified? Well, the word glory, what does glory mean? Glory means honor, praise, splendor. What is glory? Glory is dignity, majesty, all the credit. And when Jesus was born, God was immediately glorified. When Jesus was born, God received honor and praise and splendor. And when Jesus was born, God received dignity, majesty, all the credit. What is glory? Like we experience this all the time. You know, kids, when you do a drawing, maybe you're doing watercolors or finger paints or use colors. Uh, When you finish that drawing, you put your, your signature on, you put your name on that drawing. That gives you the glory, you the credit. When you read a good book, well, the author, the great book, man, the author has a name on it. That author receives the credit the glory. When you watch a great TV show or movie, at the end of that TV show, the credits roll at the end, the names of people, and those people are receiving the glory. And when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, they gave out the MVP trophy, and Patrick Mahomes received 
extra credit, extra glory. And when Jesus is born, God immediately received credit, received glory, received dignity. I've heard uh, giving God the glory is like lighting him up. It's like putting God in the spotlight where all the focus, all the attention is on God. And that's exactly what happened. When Jesus is born, all the attention of the universe focused on God Almighty because God was now in human form. God was breathing in the air of this world. God could listening to this world and seeing things for the first time. What was happening? When Jesus is born, prophecy after prophecy was fulfilled. I'm talking Isaiah chapter 7, Micah chapter 5, Isaiah 53. Prophecy after prophecy of the first coming of Christ was fulfilled. When Jesus was born, God was experiencing life as one of us. Imagine God himself looking through eyes of flesh, hearing for the first time sounds through ears just like ours. And all the attention of the universe was giving God the credit, the majesty, the glory. When Jesus is born, hope arrived in this world. When Jesus is born, love arrived in this world. When Jesus was born, our Savior was finally in this world, the promised Savior. And it's really interesting. When the, when the angels sung the Christmas song, they didn't start with the, talking about peace on earth. They started about what was happening in the highest heaven, giving God the glory. Uh, what, what do we take away from this? Well, I think what we take away is God's view of Christmas is different than many of ours. Like when we view Christmas, quite often we think, okay, here comes the gatherings, if it weren't for COVID-19, uh, here come the presents we're going to send to people. Here's the food we're going to be eating. We think about us, hey, what Christmas service we're going to attend or watch and gather online. We think about things on earth. When God thinks about the miracle of Christmas, he starts with him. He starts with heaven. He starts with giving himself the glory and the honor and the credit. And if you're not a believer, this might be a very weird concept. Hang on in the second point, the second half. We're going to see why you might be might really be encouraged to give God the credit, give God the glory first this Christmas. But if you're a follower of Jesus, how do you apply the first part of the, the, the Christmas song, this angel song, before you think about presence, before you do the gathering, before you think about people on earth? Why don't you take a moment and give God the credit? Give him the glory. Like if you have a family of non-believers, before you go to that gathering or engage with them online, just pause before that moment and praise God and thank him for entering this world. Thank him for loving you. Thank him for being your savior. And if your family is a family of believers, before you open presents, before you get to that moment, why don't you pause this Christmas, just like the angels did, and glorify God in the highest heaven for the miracle of Christmas. And then... You can open your presents. All right. Yeah, when Jesus was born, the first part of that Christmas song, the angel song, God was glorified. So at this point, for our second point, let's go to the second half uh, of verse 14. And so kids, we're going to be on page 10 and 11 of our activity coloring book, page 10 and 11. So let's read the second phrase of the angel's very first Christmas song. They sung glory to God in the highest heaven. And then... And peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Peace on earth. Yeah, what does the second half 
of the Christmas song reveal to us about how God views Christmas? Well, that's number two. When Jesus was born, peace was on earth. When Jesus was born, peace, capital P, the peace was on earth. So let's talk about peace for a second. Yeah, what exactly is peace? So when you have peace on the inside, you have this sense of quietness and rest on the inside. Yet what is peace? Well, in relationships, you have harmony and oneness. Yet what is peace? In society, it means you have this calm and this sense of unity in society. And the angels sung, peace on earth. And at this point, you might be saying, hey, Tim, I look around and I don't see tons of peace on earth. Like countries are still at war. Courts still have lawsuits. Schools still has bullying. Families still have some division and even divorces sometimes. And how in the world does Jesus' birth mean peace on earth? Well, when Jesus grew up, began teaching, his teaching ministry, he explained a bit more about this in Matthew 10, verse 34 to 37. So in Matthew 10, verse 34 to 37, here's what Jesus said. He said the opposite of what many people think about that statement, peace on earth even means. Here's what Jesus said, Matthew 10, 34. Jesus said this, don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Your enemies will be right in your own household. What in the world is Jesus talking about? He finally tells you what he's been talking about in verse 37. If you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. If Jesus was not saying he came to like cause division or leave division, what he says, he says, my coming was not here to bring you peace, give you the gift of peace and just walk away so you can have peace without me being at the center. Jesus said, my coming was about people putting me first, loving me more than anyone or anything. And some people will buy into that and experience peace and others won't. And the distance between people who make me their savior, I will bring them peace and others who don't like it, that will cause some distance. And I want everybody to receive me because I, I am peace. You see, when the angels sang, on earth peace, Jesus is that peace. He's called the Prince of Peace. And there is no peace without having Jesus the center of your heart, the center of your life, the center of every relationship in this world. Jesus came so that in a relationship with Jesus, you can have two forms of peace. Peace with God and peace of God. Peace with God and peace of God. So what are those pieces? Well, Peace with God is from Romans chapter five, verse one. Peace with God. See, the issue is there's a distance, a division between God and man. Man, human sin, we sin. And our sin, people's sin, caused division and distance from God. And that's the reason Jesus came. There is distance from God, division with God, because people have gone their own way. And when he came to this world, he, born, he was born, he lived the perfect life, he died on the cross. And when you make Jesus Christ your savior, 
you experience peace with God. No more division, no more distance, no more sin causing distance from God, sins forgiven, unity with God, peace with God, which is why the angels, when they sang this very strange phrase at the end of verse 14, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased, those with whom God is pleased are those who've received his son as savior. And they now have peace with God. So once you're a Christian, you're a follower of Jesus, you have peace with God. Now you can experience the second peace, the peace of God. Peace of God is found in Philippians 4 verse 7. And the peace of God is this sense of calm and rest in your souls. Because you pray, because you take your anxieties to God, you make Him the center of all your problems, directions in life, God, His Holy Spirit, gives you this incredible peace, the peace of God in your soul. And what is the point? There is no peace. There's no peace with God without receiving Jesus. There is no peace. There's no lasting peace in your soul without Jesus, the Prince of Peace, being the Lord and leader of your life. And so here are the two questions. Have you received peace with God? You see, if you're not a believer, your entire life has been leading up to this very moment when you realize that the angels sang, they sang glory to God in the highest heaven and peace was finally on earth. That peace you've been looking for is Jesus Christ. And you can receive him right now. You can go to him in prayer wherever you're at. Tell him you admit you're a sinner. You thank him for loving you. He came to this world for you and you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and leader. And in that moment, in that surrender, in that faith, you receive peace with God. And then, as you walk with Jesus, build a relationship with Him, surrender control of your life to Him, you experience the peace of God. Do you have the Prince of Peace? On earth was peace. Peace with God, peace of God. And if you're a child, and you'd like to explore salvation, you'd like to give your life to Jesus, on the very back of your adventure book, both page 15 and also the backside, your parents, that adult in your world, can walk you through what it looks like to receive Jesus. So, let's pray that we all experience glorifying God this Christmas and experiencing His peace. Lord, I pray that every single person would realize Christmas starts with you giving you all the credit, the honor, the glory, the dignity, the majesty, putting the spotlight on you, and then receiving peace, receiving Jesus, peace with God, being reconciled to you, and peace of God, experiencing peace in our souls. And I pray this for all of us. We ask in the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you have questions or would like to contact us for prayer, please email us at info at visitgracechurch.com. For more information about our ministries, location, and service times, go to visitgracechurch.com.